0: It is
1: 6.30, and I'll call the meeting of the Planning and Zoning Commission to order October 10, 2023. And we have uh, roll call.
2: Uh, Commissioner Thompson. Here. Commissioner Kruber. Here. Here. Commissioner Kuiper. Here. Commissioner Olson. Here. Commissioner Broussard-Vickers. Here. Commissioner Nelson. Here. Please join me in the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with
1: liberty and justice for all. We have an agenda before us, and is there a motion to, are there any additions uh, to the agenda at this
2: time? Mr. Chair, we, we have no additions to the agenda, but I think, uh, as we discussed before the meeting, it might be appropriate to move um, item 3 on the public hearings up to number 1 if you would care to do so, just because I think the majority of our folks here tonight are here for that reason. Okay, um, We could uh, help all those folks mm-hmm. go, about their, go about their
1: day if we wanted to do that. So, Okay. Is there a motion to approve the agenda? So moved. Second. Sorry. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? then I will call um, the public hearing on rezoning request of 7353 20th Avenue North. Uh, we have this public hearing and the
2: oper- uh, do we have uh, any comments? Yeah, what we'll do, uh, Mr. Chair, is we'll give a little staff report here. Um, we'll, um, whether it's during the public hearing or before, you could you could have the, um, our, our uh, landowner and the applicant is, here in attendance, and and if you wish to have him make a statement, you could do so. Obviously, he could make a statement during the public hearing anyway, but um, usually it's appropriate to have uh, him make a statement, and then we would open it up for public comment and kind of go from there. So I'll just give a quick staff report here. Um, So what we have uh, tonight is a rezoning request from um, the owner of uh, 7353 20th Avenue North, and that uh, is the Property formerly owned um, by Ms. Moore. Um, it's been, the property's been in decline for quite some time and um, had, you know, some uh, issues there with a lot of law enforcement presence there um, and a number of um, just months and months of, of issues over there that we were dealing with. It kind of culminated in, um, you know, a, uh, we had some issues with folks uh, squatting, for lack of a better term. Um, some uninvited guests that were sort of hanging out on the property, whether inside or outside, eventually um, stripped the home of its copper, so the, the piping for the <coughs> supply-side plumbing, the wiring for the electrical, um, even up to the gas uh, stuff. So um, once we were aware of that, we the building official, um, we got an administrative warrant, went in there, and um, you know, for lack of a better legal term, we condemned the building, we uh, posted it unoccupiable, and it's uh, remained in that condition in, uh, to date, um, and so there's been no one occupying that uh, structure since then. Um, so it, the, the building needs um, heavy reconstruction to be able to uh, function, um, and then of course, just aesthetically, it, it needs a, an update um, and it's our understanding that the applicant uh, does intend to explore that idea of um, remodeling the home. Um, and what he's seeking here tonight is permission to um, rezone the property with the intent of remodeling the home into a duplex, which is not allowed under the current zoning. So the current zoning is R2, and um, the home, um, you know, a single family home is allowed, of course, in the R2 district. Um, some of the tenants of the R2 district are, you know, low density, single family, residential homes, uh, minimum lot width of 100 feet. This one has 128 foot width, I believe. So it more than meets the standard for, for that district. Um, the R2A would take it down to an 80 foot minimum lot width, which still wouldn't allow subdivision um, without some road work being done. Um, so in, in terms of, uh, we have to think about not just what the intent is here, he has the intent to maybe remodel, but we have, uh, if you were to allow this rezoning, it um, it is well, it would allow him to do other things as well, um, including tearing the, the home down and, and uh, trying to do something else. However, uh, it, it appears to me that that's, that's not probably possible to subdivide it without um, the addition of a roadway in there. So, um, and, and at that point, you know, have a, a full subdivision review and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, just kind of wanted to give you that little background here. I'll pull up. Um This is the location of the property here, this little green square, um, 20th Avenue. This is on the far north end of town. Uh, This this parcel here was a 20 acre parcel at one point in time, so a half of 40, and um, this one acre parcel at some point was carved off of that. The 19 acres that remain here um, were proposed at one point in time for a 24 unit townhome, a detached townhome development and uh, that request was, uh, also came with a rezoning request to R2A, so it certainly, and that rezoning request was approved by both the Planning Commission and the City Council at, at one point. It was made conditionally though, so that the condition of the rezoning was that the development had to move forward in order for the zoning to stick, so to speak. Um, the development did not move forward within a period of 12 months, uh, so that rezoning has reverted back to its original zoning of R2, um, again, the, the primary difference between R2 and R2A is um, the lot width from 100 feet down to 80 feet and the additional um, flexibility to do duplexes. Um, so, it's uh, from staff's perspective, certainly the request is, is not unreasonable. It, it, it um, fits with something the Planning Commission and City Council were very comfortable with in the surrounding um, areas. It's certainly not uncommon for R2 and R2A to be next to each other. They're congruent, I mean, in in terms of, um, they're not (laughs) incompatible zoning districts. We we don't need to separate them with any sort of buffer or anything like that. Um, uh, I think I've gone through most of this here. Um, One of the things that um, we need to think about here is what happens if we don't do this. Um, so it might be easy to say well I don't like the idea of a duplex or I don't like you know, this idea of rezoning. Um, the scenario where it remains as a R2 district likely leads the, the owner to um, explore the idea of flipping it as a single family resident, residence which would be completely allowed within um, our zoning code and um, there's a little bit of nuance to the sort of the grandfathering rights there, um, whether or not the use has been discontinued, we could argue, I think. Um, but for the most part, it would likely be that the existing structure could be remodeled into an existing single-family home, and um, it, it might be a little bit more difficult to um, enforce some of the things that we may be able to enforce if we do go forward with the rezoning. So in the scenario that we go forward with the rezoning, the use has changed, and so, there's a need to bring everything up to code in terms of zoning. So when I talk about bringing up to code, I mean zoning code. In either scenario, the building will have to be brought up to building code. Okay. So there's um, there's no getting around that. That we don't get to you know uh, skirt that at all. Um, but the zoning code, if we <coughs> approve the rezoning, I think we have very solid ground to make everything come up to zoning code. And so what that means to me, um, in in either scenario, we meet all the setbacks The, the is right in the middle of the property. It's a big property. There are no setback issues here. Um, but, but two things that stand out to me are that, um, the existing driveway is not paved, um, so we would require that the driveway be paved in a rezoning scenario because that would be something that is required under the zoning code. Um, and then we would require that the garage be either torn down and a new garage built, um, or considerably remodeled in in, um, in terms of its construction. We don't allow pole-style buildings um, under the, our zoning code, and so that would have to the existing garages essentially, um, it's a combination of block and, and tin siding, lean-to thing. Um, so I think that there's an opportunity that if we do the rezoning, we could um, compel the owner to pave a driveway and build a new garage. In the case where we don't, allow a rezoning. Um, I think there's an argument to be made in both ways. It might be a little gray as to whether or not we can compel those two things to happen. Um, and So I want to caution that you know, if we don't approve the rezoning, it may be tough to, to achieve a paved driveway and a new garage if that's something that is important to the public and to the, the commission. Um, so again, I just wanted to stress that this isn't necessarily just a gotta look at it in both ways what happens if we do what happens if we don't approve this I also kind of wanted to circle back on this and I don't think I put much in the memo about this but um, I've heard our attorney on a number of occasions kind of explain your role here um, in terms of what the Planning Commission and eventually the City Council what your role is in in terms of evaluating uh, this this request so typically the Planning and Zoning Commission we might get a a development proposal um, And if there's no rezoning request or comprehensive plan amendment or anything like that, we're just evaluating, does this development proposal meet our zoning code? And so we're sort of in a judicial, um, a pseudo-judicial role. We're judging. Does it meet the law? In this (coughs) case, the request for a rezoning puts you in a legislative role. And um, the difference there is that in a judicial role, you don't have a lot of flexibility. You are there to interpret the code. In a judicial role, you have much wider discretion as to what you want to see. This is your community. You have the right to zone it as you see fit, um, as long as it's within your comprehensive plan. And this is, either in either scenario, this meets the comprehensive plan. So um, again, your, your role here tonight, and eventually the role of the city council to act in a legislative mode in which you are saying to yourself is this what we want for our community R2 or R2A and that's a choice you can make with broad discretion you're under no obligation to approve this you're not under no obligation to deny this you have broad authority to do either Um, whereas if this was a simply a a subdivision coming in under the R2 you have an obligation to approve or deny based on the facts so um, again I hope nod their head and understand uh, that rule. Again, here's the zoning map. Um, As I mentioned, the the property to the north and west has reverted to R2, was at one point conditionally approved to be R2A. As you can see, the the development that we just built, the old mill estates to the west of of this, uh, or the west of the larger 20 acre parcel is R2A. You know, they're it's certainly not a case of like um, you know smaller homes. It's just more, quite frankly, it's a little bit more modern development style. Hundred foot wide lots are really almost not just they're just they're pretty tough to come by these days. Um, so R2A is uh, again still a very flexible um, zoning district in which you know very uh, large and, and affluent homes can be built. It's not to say, even though the title of it is high density, it's really a bit of a misnomer. It it really just means that um, duplexes can be can be built, and it's a little bit a little bit more scrunched together than R two, but certainly not out of character. So, um, what what did you say
3: the width of the lot was,
2: mark? I I believe it's 128 feet. Does that sound right, Bill? I
4: honestly don't know.
3: Currently,
2: yeah, it needs to be 80. During the discussion, I can pull it up and and, and do that, yeah. So, um, I think you know, uh, typically I'll have a uh, sort of a staff opinion, staff recommendation here. I I really don't know that I have a strong opinion, so what I did is I sort of laid out two options. Um, Again, sort of option one is you deny the request, it stays as R2, would not be allowed to be split into a duplex, uh, but would likely um, move the developer here in, in in the direction of remodeling the existing home. Again, perhaps not um, necessitating the paving of the driveway, perhaps not necessitating the reconstruction of the garage. Um, those are things that I don't want to commit to those because we haven't really done a full analysis of what that would look like, because there's been no proposal um, Building permits perspective. Those would be some of those issues would be up to the building official. Um, So, by no means am I saying we can't do those, but I I think there's some gray area there that we'd have to work through. Option two, I feel strongly that um, we would be able to compel that the the developer to pave the driveway and to um, reconstruct the garage or demolish it altogether. Um, So those are kind of the two. Two choices, and again, well, we can hear from the applicant here in a minute. Um, yeah, I, I think I have a record it's 128 yeah, feet wide, which would be if you split it in two, of course you wouldn't have enough for two lots that faced that both had driveways out to 20th. So the only way to get 80 foot wide lots would be to put a road into there and have the lots face the road, and I think that the developer has explored that, as I mentioned in my report, and it Just didn't work out geometrically that that was going
3: to really leave enough depth <coughs> for lots. Can I ask a question? Could they create an easement from the roadway to, to the back lot? I mean, create, in other words, deed over 20 feet, which would give them their driveway to the roadway and the house in the back? Um, that would require a subdivision, and that would be
2: a whole other... For two... Yeah, and, and what we would call that is a flag lot, and your subdivision ordinance does not allow the creation of a flag lot. Even though,
3: even if it's a deeded,
2: not yeah. not just
3: easement. In other words, a deeded right away. Yeah, I mean I don't a deeded part of the lot
2: in the back. In other words, yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, it would have to be a, a, an okay. actual platted roadway. I think.
5: Okay. Hey Anymore It it's hooked up to city sewer and water, away, right? There is
2: sewer and water available to the property immediately at the edge of the property. So it it would either in either case, sewer and water will be hooked up.
6: So if there's no really way to get two in there by separate driveways, what is the, what is the purpose of doing our 2 then? Uh, the
2: duplex can use one driveway. So a okay. duplex is a little bit different than two separate lots, right? So there's, um, it's not really, um, it's a little bit different than a shared driveway, like two condos, two separate hmm. condos. A so duplex is one residence. Have one driveway, it's too bad they don't own the other 19. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Chair, I think that's all I have. I, I would take any further, further questions, but at this time, I might then, once everyone's had a chance to ask me any questions, it might be a time to have the developer come up.
1: Okay, any other questions before? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, would you like to
4: make a comment?
1: Sure,
2: and, and just introduce state your yourself. Name. Yeah, approach the podium and state your name and address.
4: Uh, Bill Bergeson, 73-53-20th. Uh, um, yeah, we, we do a little bit of this. Um, our homes, we rehab um, extensively. We create nice products that the city would be proud of. Um, we don't get problem renters. Um, we're not a nuisance of any kind. And In this instance, we're essentially just asking that two families can live there instead of one. And that's really all we're asking because we have looked at the redevelopment and there's really no options for that. So if that was a concern of, you know, us throwing up something else than that, that's not our intentions or I think are really able to even be done. So our properties will be well maintained. We'll have the driveway in there. You know, that place is going to be extensive. We're going to try to bring it back to life and make it nice. So we'll have hardwood floors, quartz countertops. Um, you know, I'll we'll have mostly a modern look. We haven't figured out all the aesthetics that we're doing with it yet, but it'll be It'll be a good product. It'll be something yeah. that, you know, when you're on your way to Eagle Brook, you'll have <coughs> to see
3: instead of what's there now. So I think that's, okay. nice Go ahead. Uh, do you main, are you going to maintain ownership? That's yeah. In other words, I mean. think
4: either way, we're going to have this property
3: long term.
7: Okay. So, Bill, your company then provides the maintenance, exterior maintenance? Yeah, uh, Yeah. not all. all of Contract out?
4: Yeah, not, yeah. Not all of our properties do, but the other duplexes that we have, and we have some property on Forest Lake that we've, we do the maintenance ourselves.
7: Let me rephrase. <clears throat> so the residents will not be responsible for the exterior lawn and snow shoveling?
4: Um, there, no. On duplex, yeah. Other
1: questions? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, at this time, I'd like to invite um, members of the audience to uh,
2: make statements, if you would like to. Mr. Chair, if you could just uh, formally, I don't, maybe you said it before, <coughs> if you could just formally say you're opening the public hearing. Okay. We are
1: uh, officially opening the public hearing, and so we are accepting comments. <laughs> yes. You have to come to please, the podium. Please Sorry. come forward and oh, introduce uh, yourself. Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: if the zone is just the
8: really little yellow box or is it the whole, the <laughs> square? Uh, my name is Frank Wild, and I'm at uh, 7326 Deer Pass uh, and the next about well, three houses down from where you guys are looking at. Um, my wife would want to know, first of all, is that rezoned to R2A, is for a yellow area or is that the whole area? And my question is, this um, duplex that we're talking about, is that going to be like a side-by-side duplex or an upper lower? As I walked by and looked at this house out there. I mean, the side of the wall is bowing out. The wood is completely rotted. The main seals on the bottom is completely gone. To me, it'd be easier to just drop it down to nothing and start over and start trying to save it. Um, I'm not the engineer. I don't know if you had an engineer come out and even look at it that has been condemned. And how do you go back from being condemned <coughs> to bringing back to something that's supposed to be livable and safe, you know? And we've had a lot of problems in the past from different people who have lived there or stayed there, and I don't want to go back to them today, just we it again. And if I get a duplex in my area right now, it's all single family people living in there. People who work and try and maintain their homes because that's, they own it. It's an owner ownership. Now somebody comes in and just uh, says, so well, I'm just paying my $200 a month rent, whatever it is, and just, you know, so be it, you know, not caring about, you know, trash laying all over the place or grass not cut or who knows what. And I got 15 kids running around the neighborhood up in my area. And I who. So these are some of the things I'm concerned about the safety right now. I can walk out of my house and we have never, I don't think we ever had any problems in that neighborhood as far as the safety issue or any police coming down or had to do it other than for Robin's house. So right now I feel safe in our neighborhood. i like to keep it that way.
2: Mr. Chair, I could Thanks. respond to the zoning oh, okay. question. So the, the proposal tonight is, um, from the applicant, is just the yellow area, so the remaining area would remain R2 um, at this point in time. Certainly, we would anticipate that if Center Homes, or uh, excuse me, Sharper Homes, um, was to come back with that proposal again. Um, I, I don't <coughs> foresee us denying that necessarily, just because it was, seemed like most of the same people are still around. Um, in terms of Planning Commission and city Council and uh, you know if I don't see a whole lot that's changed where we would deny that um, to be rezoned as well that was a different situation too in that fact that it was a PUD uh, planned unit development so the underlying zoning was R2a but the, <coughs> the configuration of the lots was a little, even a little different um, so uh, just to answer the question directly yes the yellow area is only what's being proposed to be rezoned at this time um, if you'd like mr. chair you could ask the applicant to come back up and answer a couple of the other questions. Sure, please.
4: Yeah, so to answer that question, it'll be a side-by-side, and the house is very rough shape, but we will have it. We're hiring, we actually already have hired an architect firm, an engineering firm to make sure that what we do to it is bringing it up to code, it's a safe house, and everything you just talked about is what we absolutely try to avoid. We want good renters, good tenants. Um, there's going to be renters there either way. Like I said, we're just asking for two families instead of one, and... We're gonna upkeep it, and we have a really good track record with our renters. We're hands-on, um, so we're not like absentee owners. Um, and you know, we want what you want. We do not want to be a nuisance. And we keep our properties nicer because it typically gets us better renters. So,
1: thank you, Bill. Yep. Any other questions or comments from? Yes, uh, Frank. Can, can you come forward, uh, people at home watching on TV? You're,
8: you're, yeah, we're on TV.
3: <laughs> they
8: can't see you back there. I have a question for, on our street coming down into a deer pass drive. Um, at the end of the, of the street called set, there is a bicycle path that goes down over the, over the hill. Now, is that going to be like a future bicycle path that's going to be going through that yellow lot? Or what's what's the reason that it was stopped at that point there, anyways, and not continued on? Right now they got a fire hydrant down in the bottom of the hill, and nothing else after that.
2: Yeah, Mr. Chair. Um, so I, I think it was a little bit before my time as your engineer, um, but I, I believe that you know, like we do with a lot of developments, whether it's a road, um, you see the Brian Drive to the west there, it was stubbed to keep on going through it. Um, mm-hmm you know, trails are often done the same way. We stub <clears throat> them to keep on going through. I think at the time, I'm sure it was thought that the more property, and the, actually it was all the more property, all 20 acres were, you know, that they would all redevelop at once, and that there would be a, a path through there. Um, I think that um, you know, one of the things we could ask of this, and, and I don't, I didn't Get from Frank's comment whether he's in favor of it going through at some point or not. Um, I think there's I think usually a mix of opinion about whether that's good or bad. Um, I, I would I would love to see it go through and enter into the other neighborhood so that the folks in Deer Pass could get up and around to Bryan Drive. Well, let's just imagine that the if you recall the development proposal that was there, it's a long cul-de-sac. It wasn't going to actually connect into Bryan Drive because of the wetlands there, but mm-hmm. there was going to be a boardwalk connection through there. And, um, so it would allow people in Deer Pass to go up and through that new development down onto Bryan Drive Mm -hmm. and out to the rest of the trail system without ever having to get on 20th Avenue. Um, so it would be an amenity, I think, um, although I don't want to speak for everybody, not everybody feels that that's an amenity. I'm sure the people that live next door to it might be a little different, (laughs) um, thought, but, uh, I guess what I'm not exactly sure of is whether or not, um, we would be able to compel. Mm-hmm. this owner to extend that trail through their property uh, because this is not a subdivision to what get to the
3: other side of the yeah, property right is it at the very back end it's not it's it's right here oh right it's right in the middle yeah it's like oh, two-thirds the way back interesting. i don't remember we didn't we didn't try to continue that in the development that we approved with Sharp. I don't believe right. we did because th-
2: the Moore property was in the way. Yeah, right? it um, wasn't. Okay. That's what I thought. So, you know, it's something perhaps that we can negotiate um, with the with the applicant, depending on how that looks. Um, but I would, if we're going to make it um, something that you want to look at, I would would we'll just make it sort of a conditional something that I'd be able to talk with our attorney about.
3: I guess my, in terms of doing that, it's not going to get anybody yeah, anything yeah. unless yeah. Uh, the the property un- unless until the <coughs> property north develops, and and putting in a connection there to something that we might not be able to get a connection in in the one above it doesn't make a lot of sense. We could maybe ask for. Um, the easement to be able to do it, but I don't see there's a reason to actually make a trail there until there's a place to go. Yeah, Mr. Chair, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't uh, advocate for actually
2: building the trail but mm-hmm. as much as just exploring the possibility of an easement if it made sense with
3: the layout. And, and then what would it do? Go behind? It would go, it, we would bring it west? Directly so that it could have the shortest distance to get to the R2 above, but then it would be so, then it would be the entire lot width of that person that lives right there. I I think,
2: unfortunately, looking at this map oversimplifies the issue just because we don't know. I'd I'd have to bring up the old layout of the other development. I think there's ponding and all, you know. Oh,
3: okay. Hmm. All right. I I would want to leave it
2: just very open ended that we should explore the ability to. Have a trail easement come through the property or something of that nature? Okay. If, if that was the wish of the landowners.
6: Does that certain neighborhood connect anywhere now?
3: No.
2: no, it does not. There's no there's no sidewalk. There's no trail. Nothing. Mm-mm.
1: Any other comments? That yes, please.
0: Hello, I'm Megan Olson, and I live at seven three four one Deer Pass Drive, which is right below the property so our yards are up against each other i i I did get a lot of clarification today of what it meant i guess i saw high density and that's kind of a scary word and you know we've also dealt with robin back there for many years and you know getting renters back there is also you know it's scary just because we've already dealt with all that stuff but i do feel better about it now i guess my biggest concern is if this project falls through what does changing the zoning mean? And from what I'm gathering, you couldn't put in like a street and you couldn't put in a bunch of houses or change this into a single family with like four units, just two, right?
2: Um, You know, I I have not laid out the geometry. So um, I think what would make the most sense to explore if you were to try to do this into more than two lots would be to extend a a small cul-de-sac into here. I mean, you can imagine, just look at the size of the cul-de-sac in right. yours. It, it just doesn't fit very right. well. Okay. And then have lots that would face, like driveways facing, or garages facing south, um, you know, with a with a cul-de-sac on the south side of the lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the, so if it was R2A, the only, I'm not, I, I think the lot is something like 200-some uh, feet wide. So, you know, like possibly three, maybe four width. There, um, but the depth of the lot was the problem, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you could get them 80 feet wide, but then you don't have enough room to really build a house, you'd have a very narrow house, right? Um, now, so the only I think the only way that really probably works is if if Sharper was to sell an additional you know 10 20 feet to them, but that means coming back to this group with a subdivision and a proposal, and it would. Require that the extra twenty feet also be rezoned. So we'd have a lot of again, legislative control. you would have all the opportunity in the world to say no. Um, so the R two A zoning, um, I don't think it, I, don't think, it, I don't think it opens a lot of doors. Because okay, that
0: was kind of I mean I think the maximum
2: concern. if we got real crazy about laying things out, you know I would think the maximum absolute maximum would be four homes in there. Then we'd be detached. I mean even I shouldn't say detached. Two, two duplexes side-by-side, side. and I think that would, even that, you know, right, right, right.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> that's definitely not what we wanted. We were really hoping for, you know, a nice single-family home to match the rest of the neighborhood, and but I understand that that's not always possible. All right. I think that's about Thank it. Thank you, Megan. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Mr. Chair, I, I don't often editorialize, uh, <laughs> There's been some talk about <clears throat> renters versus home ownership. I, w- I just want to remind everyone that Robin Moore was a homeowner. She was not a renter. She owned that home.
9: She,
0: yeah. mm-hmm. So,
2: you know, and we and we have more control over rental. there's rental. That, that's right. We have rental licenses. We have yeah. some some control. I think uh, a managed uh, contractor to mow your lawn and all that kind of stuff. I just. Sometimes we talk about renters as being bad homeowners as being good. I just want to remind everybody the problem we had before was from a homeowner (laughs) Anyone
1: else any house can turn into rental property at any
3: point in time in the city because we yeah Yeah. the Best we can do is the license.
1: Yes, please come forward.
9: Uh, my name is Kareem. Mitch. I have to excuse my voice because I have no problem. I live at 7307 Deer Paths, right? Right up where um, 20th opens into Deer Paths, that little hidden street that we've talked about before. And um, I've been down in Robin's house for 20 years. I've lived here for 20 years. I've been in and out of that house. Her father owned all that property, including the one to the north. Where her own family built a home, which has been torn down. <clears> but getting to the house that he wants to develop, as Robin's father enlarged it, he slapped on this room and he slapped on that room. So the main floor has two bedrooms, a bathroom in the middle of the living room, a kitchen, and then kind of a porch, three season house. It's a dump. It was falling apart before when Robin lived in it. You can ask my husband The the Dad put on the siding. He put on chicken wire, and then he went out and smeared it with cement. I mean, who, you want to punish somebody to live in that kind of a house? That's terrible. That's your responsibility. Yeah, go ahead. Put some paint on, put wallpaper on, tear it down, and build something safe and clean for future people.
1: Thank you. Um, you want to respond?
2: No, I, I, I think those are fair comments. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Anyone else care to make a comment? Now's your chance? Okay. Um, I am not going to offer a motion to close the public hearing at this time. We'll have discussion and make a decision, and uh, uh, we'll have discussion, and then we'll close the public hearing, and then we'll make a decision. Sure. Um, so, um, comments or questions from commission?
2: Well, my my comment is I want to make sure I understand that the property is. The home the is condemned. The yeah. home is condemned. Yeah. How does something get uncondemned? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that b- because it, there was some...
3: It has to get remodeled. it uh, has to... It to
2: I think that's where the, the question lies, and I think I'm that's a question. pretty valid one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Chair, I, just, um, you know, I'm not the building official. Uh, Paul, our public works director, is also our building official, uh, along with Dan, another uh, building mm-hmm. official we have on staff. Um, everything that we're talking about tonight is contingent on um, Mr. Bergerson being able to meet the requirements that our building officials will have per the International Building Code. Um, and so, there's a lot of a lot of work there. I think uh, the testimony you heard tonight; people have actually been in the home. I've been in the home. It needs a lot of work. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, and you know, that's. Mr. Bergerson's business, not ours, right? If, if um, he thinks that's the best way forward, um, I, I I guarantee you that our building officials aren't going to let a bowed wall or a rotten rim joist or a chicken wire with cement splintered on it. That's not going to cut it. You know, our, our building officials are going to make sure that all those things are are brought up to snuff and um, are built correctly. It's, it's a it's an uphill climb
1: okay I, I'm i going to just go down the line and ask for comments uh, Linda
3: um, I think we need this property improved it's gonna sit like it is um, of all of the things available I think the duplex is the least change from the neighboring property. Um, I know people have concerns about renters. I've been one myself over the years, but like like Mark mentioned, homeowners probably can cause more problems because pride of ownership is not uniform anywhere uh, that you go. So if we do this, it brings it up to code, it makes it usable, it matches the zoning that will probably occur north again. Um, that's what made sense, that's what's happening, new in development in terms of size of lots. People don't want lots like we used to want. Um, so, and I also have faith in the uniform building code and our inspectors to, to make it be changed. We, we took a very old 100-year-old farmhouse and made it be what it needed to be. So it can be done, but it takes the right people and the right money, and I think we probably have something like that, so it matches what's around. We have laws in place to deal with problem renters. They have a license, they have to get a license, and we don't want, it can't probably look any worse, but we don't want it going being in that direction to start with. So um, I would say that I'm in favor of this rezoning also, because the chance to change it beyond this duplex is complex, is more difficult to get done, and you could end up with more density than just the duplex there. Um, but I think this is what it's, this is the way it's going to go, and it'll stay that way, even if it's resold at some point in time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I kind of concur with um, with what Linda said.
6: And if the house is as bad as what she says it is, maybe the fire department needs practice for us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, mm-hmm.
3: that's it. Yep.
1: John.
5: Yeah, that's perfect. What Linda said, I think R2A is probably the least change for the property. Um, <coughs> I know data, my job, I deal with renter stuff all the time and having the rental license and the control by the cities is very good because when I mean, there's a lot of police calls there the city can revoke the rental license and they have to kick out the renters and they can't rent until it's brought up to park. So there's a little more control versus home ownership. <laughs> like you, you know, like a lot of you guys saw when Robin was there it was a lot of work just to get her <coughs> out of there. She didn't really care what she was doing. It took years, you yeah. so Having rental, we have a more
1: control over that, so. so. I'm in favor. Thank you, John. Bruce?
7: Um, I'm in favor of this, uh, request. <clears throat> um,
1: would you like to state any reasons for that?
7: Well, I, th- I think that two of the main <laughs> things is it gives the city some more control over, um, how we improve that property. Um, the two biggest things being the requirement to get rid of that garage <coughs> disaster that's in the back, and then also the driveway, and, and I think those are the kind of tools that we need for this kind of development. And so, well, I am in favor of this.
1: Okay, I am in favor of it as as well. Um, I think we have a live option for improving the property here, and um, uh, gives us opportunity to enforce zoning code and. Um, <laughs> And caring for the exterior the mowing and the, and the snow removal and so on is something that will be taken care of so I'm in favor of this as well um, can we have a motion to close the
3: public hearing so moved.
1: second all in favor say aye aye, aye. Uh, opposed and I am going to
2: call for a vote then. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Chair, I think if we, if I could just hear a little bit more discussion, if there's any um, contingencies on this vote that you want to have as far as um, discussion of the trail, uh, do we want to have any contingency? Um, I, I guess maybe that was the only issue that I, I really, really heard, I guess.
3: Is it realistic that it's going to go anywhere? <coughs> we had a development in there. The trail, that piece was there. It was not. It could not configure itself to to get there. Um, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not. I don't think I was around either when that got put in. I'm not real sure. Well, that's because that one acre wasn't split off yet.
2: Yeah, you know. Is that the? I feel bad. I I feel maybe I should have prepared a little bit more uh, information about the trail. Um, You know, at this point, I, I don't want to hold this up for a trail discussion. If, if I could, Mr. Chair, I, I would encourage the board to, um, if they were so inclined, to have some sort of contingency just to recommend that uh, staff explore the possibility of a trail easement, and if it's feasible, require it. Does that make some sense?
3: Can the city just vacate the easement of that trail that's there and give it to the two property owners? We,
2: we could. I, I think, um, and I didn't, I didn't hear any testimony, one way or another, but I think it would be an amenity to the neighborhood, uh, to the existing neighborhood, to be able to connect that trail if it was possible. If, again, imagining that the other... So we're talking about cutting different. that other... This address
3: in
9: half?
2: I, I, no, I don't think so. I think it's more like a third, two-thirds. That's only if you go straight across, and I think you could... Jog it. Especially if the g- garage is reimagined. Um, mm mm-hmm you have an opportunity to get that trail behind the garage. Um,
3: Do you see much difference in a configuration over what we saw the first time in terms of what was able to be put in there uh, I I just, the I just hate, to, I just hate to lose
6: the opportunity. This is our opportunity.
2: I would
3: hate okay. to lose that,
6: too, because right now, since the other one's not developed, you still have that opportunity. Right. Like, if you tried to ask a homeowner now to split their properties, they'd probably tell you to go pound sand. Yeah. I mean, that's...
2: I, I think, yeah, that once once the, this, the garage is reimagined, the driveway is put in, <laughs> you, you've lost that opportunity to ever, you know, you've got this one piece in the middle that will be forever mm-hmm. blockaded there, and, uh, yeah. Do you, do you
1: have a recommendation on what would be a, a good and
2: clear way to move forward on that? If I was to recommend a motion, it would it would be to. Um, sounds like we're moving in the direction of approving the R2A rezoning, um, with a condition that the uh, city staff explore the possibility of extending an easement through the property um, for the trail to connect into the remaining 19 acres. Okay.
1: Well, is someone prepared to make that kind of motion? I have a question. Yeah.
3: Do you want that trail to go through? Can I, is it okay? okay. I. You, you need to get up again, but I mean, I guess I'm just I'm. In other words, I wasn't clear that you were asking what about it, but I'm. I wasn't clear on because if you get to it, yeah, you would be able to. Because we did a boardwalk. Yes. Through the we did yes. a boardwalk that would go around in a circle. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. The staff would explore the possibility of making that work. And, and we, we'd the... shore
2: this up a little bit with the, with the city council um, motion, right? We would, I'll, I'll figure out whether or not this is even possible or if we're really just chasing our tails and that, that by the time we get to the city council, we'll have it worked out. I, I just want to hear from the planning commission that it's something that if, it, if yeah. all things were equal and I could say, oh yeah, no problem, we go right through there and make this work. That that's something you would want, and I, I think you saw the unofficial after the public hearing <laughs> closed head, head nods. We'll mm-hmm. enter that into the public record. We'll let the public record show that head nods were uh, were seen <laughs> on the audience.
3: Okay, so I make a motion to approve the rezone to R2A at what 7353 20th Avenue. With the condition that staff explore the possibility of obtaining uh, an easement for a trail connecting it to the contiguous 19 acres. Well stated.
1: Okay. Is there support for that? Okay. We're voting on... Second. Uh, uh, yeah. We're voting on the amendment now. Mm-hmm. Um, all in favor of approving that amendment, say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, then we are ready to vote on the main recommendation to the council. Uh-huh. I think I put I think the
2: two together. I, I know, but I think he was thinking oh. that you had initially made a motion, then you amended your motion. So I think that you just voted on the amendment to the motion, right? I, right,
3: yeah. I, make a mo- I, didn't, I hadn't made a motion to approve the R2A. No. No, okay.
1: You, you made a motion to approve that with this amendment then, mm-hmm. right?
3: I hadn't made the, I've only made one motion. Right. That was to rezone with the condition that's so, the way I stated it.
1: that's that is correct right so have we, we were to... not we were not voting on the amendment
2: then we were what voting on, the we, on the, maybe the been cleanest been. thing to do is just be to have the motion restated and and re-voted if you would
1: <laughs> do you
2: have the
3: I motion make, recorded I, I make a motion um, to approve the rezoning 7353 20th Avenue from R2 to R2A with the condition that staff explore the possibility of a trail easement to connect a trail to the contiguous 19 acres.
1: So the motion is to approve uh, the rezone,
3: right? With the condition.
1: With the condition.
3: And yeah,
7: I'll second that again.
1: Okay. Are we all clear on what we're okay. voting on? All in favor of approving that motion, say aye. 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 Opposed?
2: And that is passed. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Okay. Just for the, um, Mr. Chair, just for the audience at home and the audience in the, in the chambers tonight, um, this will go to the City Council likely on October 25th um, for their um, concurrence with this uh, motion. Uh, this is just a recommending body, so the Council will be the one to actually approve this rezoning. Mm-hmm. And then, um, that's if i can get some of the things worked out in in time with you know in terms of the trail Um, so uh, that's the intended schedule
1: and thank you very much for coming this evening and speaking uh we appreciate hearing from you
2: and just again another clarification sorry uh you're more than welcome to attend the city council meeting it's an open public meeting and we'd encourage you to come um there won't, won't be any testimony taken at the city council meeting this is the public hearing, we heard testimony. The the mayor has the opportunity to do that, but he typically would not want to take additional testimony. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Thank you. You're welcome to stay the rest of the evening. and listen.
7: Native (laughs) (laughs) landscape lots of fun. Thank you all in the morning. Well, that's, I know. It isn't, I'm a
3: bit flabbergasted. Okay, um, Okay,
1: we are ready to do the public hearing on the native landscapes then. <coughs> and I will open the public hearing. Uh, were there any comments uh, that you received, Mark?
2: No, not on the native landscapes at all. Um, so I can just real quickly go through our, our staff report on the, mm-hmm. on the um, native landscapes. So the state law changed recently. Um, the intent of the state law I believe was really to um, stop cities from sort of outlining native landscapes sort of almost by accident right? Uh, cities that are real particular about their lawns being <clears throat> Immaculately manicured might kind of squeeze out the idea of a native landscape with taller grasses and um, so they, they made some uh, legislative decisions to make sure that cities could not outlaw native landscapes or what they call managed native landscapes. And um, also, and I'm not sure if they intended to do this or not, but they also put in there that you can't have things uh, grass that grows over eight inches of it's not part of a managed landscape. Um, so it kind of reinforced what we already have in our zoning code, which is that you know essentially your turf grass can't be more than eight inches tall, so you got to keep your mowed, is the general idea. So uh, those two things are state law now, and some cities are opting for sort of a longer, drawn-out ordinance where they go through all sorts of different plant types and this and that. We felt like um, we had enough really in our code, kind of to begin with. That we we already weren't we were already a little sensitive to this idea that you know um, native plants and that kind of thing could be allowed. So all we did was uh, look at the nuisance ordinance and say, let's just make sure that a native Managed nat- Native Landscape is not part of what we define as a nuisance. And so that's kind of the direction we, we took it here, um, was just to say that we just added into the, um, uh, I'll get to the red line here of our nuisance portion of the ordinance. Further down.
3: Yeah. While you're looking for that, can I ask you, because this never came up, we have quite a few rainwater gardens. What 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 are they considered to be? Um, so most. Well, of our, we made some of them anyway. Yeah. when we
10: were doing <laughs> we projects. Did. We did. did. <laughs> so I'll. Um,
3: what is that? Whether, I, didn't, whether I should
2: pat them. myself on the back or not, I uh, I, I feel um, you know most of them we mm-hmm. did not plant with native grasses. Um, as I recall, it was mostly because of the cost. It was an exorbitant cost to get these things planted, and I think we felt also that the maintenance of them would be just exorbitant. So okay. most of them, and Russ could testify to this, are uh, this turf grass. They were not sodded; they were yeah, we seeded, um, so that not as not cap them off. We wanted them to drain. Okay. Uh, but they most of them are seeded turf grass at this point. Okay. They're still functioning. Um, just kind. And of. so, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, I that I would say that a managed. <laughs> And, and that's the thing. There's a definition in state statute about what a managed landscape, uh, yeah. a managed natural landscape is. And it, that's again, we just didn't want to repeat all that in our code. And every time the state statute changes, or someone court case comes out, or something, you know. So we just wanted to cite state statute here. So this is it's sort of a double negative here. So you got to kind of imagine that this is underneath the nuisance ordinances, So it's these are listing things which are nuisances. So grapevines and bushes. And then number four says any grass, weeds or plants other than trees, bushes, flowers, or other ornamental plants growing to a height exceeding eight inches. So basically it says any weeds, grass, or plants growing to a height of a greater than eight inches. And what we added was that are not part of a natural managed landscape. Mm-hmm. So if you have a managed natural landscape, it can be a grass or a plant, it still can't be a weed, um, That grow higher than 8 inches. So we thought it was a fairly simple fix to the ordinance and opted uh, to suggest this to you as opposed to some larger insert to your thing that um, goes through all the different different uh, machinations of it. So.
6: Well, i like number two up there because at least you can have a winery. Right? There you go.
3: Oh, uh, we have a grapevine. <laughs> No, I was thinking you should have a Oh, I should have a wine? Oh, yeah. yeah, because I want to do more work. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I, I really like
1: the simple approach that you've taken here. Yes. It's, it's very clear and simple. Yes. Thank, thank you. Okay. Any other comments? Okay. Uh, can we have a motion to close this public hearing then? Are we having, like, one
3: public hearing per per A through D, or is it just one That's up to your chair, and I think he's opened public the public hearing for the just the one so far. Just the one. Yeah. Okay, make a motion to close the public hearing on the native landscape one second. discussion.
1: All in favor of closing public hearing, say aye. 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 Opposed? And a motion to, uh, on the mm-hmm. revised ordinance.
2: So Mr. Chair, just to be clear, you're moving to a new business number, um, excuse me, old business number 1A. Yes. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. And we have a motion to recommend approval of the revised ordinance as presented. I'll make a motion. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, then we will open the public hearing for the, that uh, did carry, Uh, open
2: the public hearing for the accessory structures on vacant lots. Chair, I'll give a quick staff report on this. Um, this is one that we have been discussing for mm-hmm. a little bit here where we have a few spots in town um, where we have a vacant lot next to, that's owned by the same person um, that owns an adjacent home and um, you know wants to make use of that additional property in some minor ways. Um, so we've allowed... Um, we're seeking here to allow um, essentially place structures and other um, small accessory structures um, you know under a certain size limit that uh, can be um, placed on that lot. Currently our ordinance says you can't have an accessory structure if there's no primary structure and what we're saying here is that well if you own the lot next door you can have a one accessory structure on the lot next door under a certain size, and um, that, that would be a reasonable use. One of the things I wanted to touch on here is that the, the city attorney did look at um, our conditions. So we didn't just say that simply you can go ahead and have it. We will put a number of the conditions on there. So only one structure is allowed under 200 square feet. Um, the siding has to match the or similar, same or similar style to what's on your house, which is the same thing we have for. Accessory structures on your normal lot. Um, Residential structure has to be residential in nature. Can't be, (coughs) cannot be a a storage shed for your Bobcat that you use for your landscaping business. Um, And then um, number seven is one that our attorney didn't really think was probably defensible um, or enforceable. Uh, So we said in the event of a sale of the vacant lot to a property owner that's not adjacent, accessory structure must be removed or demolished. Unless a new primary structure is built within one year on a vacant lot, mm-hmm. um, the attorney felt like that might be uh, akin to a taking, um, which is uh, oh, unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. So, um, and at, you know, upon thinking about it, I think it, it was a noble effort, but uh, to keep this under control. But it, really, what we're talking about is a two hundred square foot shed, and it, if, it it's, if it's still on there, and it, it's let's say someone buys this vacant lot and they just have a something in there, you know. They store it's, it's not big enough to store a boat. It's not big enough to store anything like that. Where you're gonna have someone using this property as a storage area? It's it's a little shed, you know, and it just is fairly inconsequential. And so, are you recommending dropping seven? we would simply I mean, strike seven. number seven?
6: Yeah. Strike seven and eight become seven. Yes. You know? yeah. uh, re, strike you, seven and renumber.
3: Can, can I ask a question? Why? Aren't these conditions A, B, C, and D instead of all numbers? Just because I'm not used to seeing conditions be a separate number. Uh, that might be a third point here. Let's just see. And then it seems to be. me that number 5 mm-hmm. is the same as 16. I think looks pretty similar. So to get rid of sixteen, but I got I, I don't know I just or they m- could be m- my outlining makes me want to make all these A B C and D instead. Yeah, yeah I think
2: I think you make a fair point, Linda. That um, four five and six should be subservient to three, right? Mm. So it should be three A three B and three C.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Because and they're only c-
2: conditions of the adjacent lot clause not conditions of the other okay.
3: of, of okay. accessory yeah.
2: structures in general, okay. right? Oh,
3: okay, so 16 stays because it's still a rule yeah. which on I was a saying, normal lot. Which I am okay. saying, right? It, okay. is the same.
4: I it is
2: the same, but you're right. I think it is. So I suppose you could strike um, what is now uh, 5 yeah. What is now B? What is now three B? Three B. Strike it because strike it it's, because it's, gonna it's gonna be already taken. part of the rules. Mm-hmm.
3: So we'll have three A and B, and then move down. Eight becomes four. Yeah, etc. Well, that
1: that, that actually kind of matches because <laughs> when you
3: flip, you went from twelve to nine. <laughs> So it actually works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: We'll just say renumber is appropriate.
3: Yes. Right.
1: Okay. All right. So, is someone uh, prepared to? Well, um, is there any other discussion on this?
6: <laughs> we discussed it to death, haven't we? <laughs> um, are we
1: ready to make a motion to close public hearing? I'll
6: make a motion to close public hearing on that.
1: Second. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Are we ready, uh, is someone prepared to make a motion?
2: And again, just to be clear, you're, making, um, you're moving us to agenda item 6-1-B, I think, right? yes. yes. Yes.
1: And the re- uh, requested action is a motion to recommend approval of the revised ordinance as presented. Um, and amended. And amended. And amended. Oh. Yeah, I think we captured it. Okay. Is there a motion to that effect? I'll move that. Second. Second. All, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed?
3: Aye, uh, sorry. If I was here, she Not aye, not mm-hmm. aye, aye.
1: That is carried. <laughs> so we will then open a public hearing on medical facilities. Yeah,
2: Mr. Chair, um, so the medical facilities one, um, we've kind of gone back and forth with our attorney a bit. We've talked to other communities. Uh, we, uh, just to, uh, some background again. We, we have an uh, existing moratorium, which expires at the end of the month here, for um, medical facilities. The morator- moratorium is on all my medical facilities. Um, but what we're really honing in on here is what's commonly known as methadone clinics. Um, and... Sort of the wider category of uh, substance abuse treatment clinics, and um, what we're looking to do here is to establish some um, guidelines or some bumpers on those type of facilities, and to differentiate them from other medical facilities. So, in our table of allowed uses, we're looking to um, add sort of a, a next another another um, line item that would differentiate, again, from other clinics or medical facilities, and um, so here's the table of allowed uses, and we're labeling it as a conditional use um, on the Main Street district, and that was based on some feedback from other communities that, you know, it it was, they were, felt like they were best served on Main Street, and not tucked in the back corner, because um, being on Main Street, they were very visible and very much um, (coughs) law enforcement felt that that was a good thing. It just—it was easier to keep a handle on them than if they were sort of off in the in the corner of the city. So, um, yeah, listed as a conditional use. Uh, sorry, I'll get to it here. So under—it uh, doesn't have to be under hospitals, but it is uh, substance abuse treatment. Um, should that
3: say clinic? It doesn't say clinic, but uh, I think we wanted to have sort of a word. Clinic. Yeah, add the word clinic. Use. Let's see what our ordinance says here. Okay. Wait a second here now. Go. Oh.
2: Yeah. So we have clinic substance abuse treatment. So, um,
3: hmm.
2: back to the table of allowed uses, there, there is a, a, an, uh, a line item for clinics. So a medical clinic here is an, is an item. So that's just a permitted use in either of the
3: business districts. And a P U V so clear boxes are not okay. You have to have yeah, you have to you have, to have a, something in the box in right. the district for it to be an approved usage. Right. Okay. Sorry, I had that backwards in my head. So the the
2: the item here would read clinic substance abuse treatment, um, just like it does
6: in the code here. So it winds up just being a conditional use and only in the one area. Correct. And you can't zone them right out of your city, right? That's correct. Yeah. Can you put, oh, like, you can't we'll be within put a school. 500 10, yeah, I mean, and did 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 we do, do have some eight? of that yeah. language in here. Yep, yeah, they put it in. can't be within 10,000 feet of a school. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, might be, uh,
3: be a little <laughs> closer than that. Mm-hmm.
1: Any questions? Are we ready to have a motion to close public hearing?
3: So moved. Second.
1: All in favor, say aye. 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 That carries, and is there a motion to the recommended motion is to approve uh, the revised ordinance as presented and amended, and,
3: and the table below allowed uses <coughs> amended. Yeah.
1: All in favor, uh, is there support for that? Second. All in favor of that say aye. 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 Opposed? (coughs) That carries. And that uh, takes care of old business, Uh, new business. We have an ordinance review on M1 and M2 zoning district density requirements.
3: There's still a public hearing.
1: Okay, yeah, Uh, we have a public hearing on that. So we have, um, I will declare the public hearing open on M1 and M2 uh, zoning district density requirements.
2: Yeah, so uh, let me just say that we have, it gets a little complex here because we've got some technical maneuvering to do here. Mm -hmm. So I just go back to the agenda to make sure that we're all on the same page here. Um, So we have um, we have a couple of um, public hearings here. So I think what we just, correct me if I'm wrong Mr. Chair, but I think you just opened the public hearing for the M1 and M2 zoning district density requirements. With underneath the uh, ordinance review portion of the public hearings, right, and um, so we can cover that. The next item up on the agenda will will be the public hearing for the conference of plan amendment related right. to the same topic. So I just want to make sure everyone understands the separation here. So we have two different things going on here. We're we're asking you to amend the zoning code, um, which takes a public hearing to do that, and then we're later on we'll ask to. Amend the comprehensive plan, which also takes a public hearing. Mm -hmm. Those two public hearings are actually noticed differently uh, to be published, and then the comprehensive plan actually um, requires some mailings. Um, And so, some of those things uh, were, you know, all those things were done. We we also um, notified the school district and the um, adjacent cities, which is City uh, Lenoir Lakes, uh, the only uh, adjacent city to us, thanks to our donut hole configuration. (laughs) So. Um, Those cities and the school district or the city and the school district were notified and we have not received any comments from them Um, I'm sorry, but that's the comprehensive plan amendment. I'm getting ahead of myself. So um, The the public hearing in front of you right now is the zoning code portion of this again the the larger picture here is that we have some incongruence between your city zoning code the comprehensive plan and the downtown master plan and the reason the downtown master plan fits in there is because your zoning so. code essentially says you should follow the downtown master plan. Now, the downtown master plan does not require a public hearing because it's not sort of an official document um, listed, you know, in the sort of the things that need public hearings. Um, but it's very much an integral part of your um, city's, you know, uh, controlling documents. So it just just technically doesn't need a public hearing, but it's still something we're gonna discuss tonight. Um, Again, back to the zoning code, what it says today is that the M1 district, which is again, the mixed use district, which requires um, retail or office on the first floor. And that's a very small area just in the core of downtown, basically Main Street and Centerville Road, a little bit east uh, over to Progress Road. And uh, in that zone, the density is between 12 and 30 units per acre. And that's, then, that's what's in the code? Correct. Okay. And the M2 district currently says the exact same thing. Um, what's incongruent is that the both those districts start with the first statement that says the intent of this zoning code section is to mimic the downtown master plan, which does not say those exact same things. The downtown master plan... Um, has 12 to 30, um, and then 20 to 45, (coughs) respectively. Then, further back up to the comprehensive plan, and there are a few instances in the comprehensive plan where it talks about the density um, in mixed-use districts in general. It doesn't differentiate M1 versus M2 because that's what the comprehensive plan does. It talks more in general about zoning districts. It doesn't about specific zoning, it talks about land use, um, and it says that in mixed use areas the zoning should be between 12 and 30. So the reason we want to make these all congruent obviously is to have the yeah. document should all agree, um, and our suggestion is that um, the intent of the M1 and M2 districts was to have vertical downtown high density development and To facilitate that in areas where they we don't have first-floor retail We really need to have densities a little higher than 30 um, a three-story apartment building Just isn't going to maximize a site at 30 units per acre. It just it, The building <coughs> would be too small. It's not gonna pencil out. It's just um, so the one of the proposals we're looking at right now for the Lalonde property, which is approximately acres or so has a 110 unit apartment building. It's very much appropriately sized for the um, For the site it's being proposed at three stories as I understand it Um, And it's uh, north of 30 units per acre. I want to say it's closer to 40 uh, if you do the math there, so um, We think that that higher end so above 30 up to 40 or 45 um, is something that is appropriate. It's not to the point where it's going to drive a six-story building. You know, it's not going to allow something, some sort of giant monstrosity. Um, but at the same time, it's going to accommodate what what needs to happen in terms of um, the density that is required to build up an economically feasible apartment building in those districts, which is you know sort of the intent of that downtown master plan, intent of our comp plan, and the intent all around, right? Um, on the, on the lower end, the reason to, in, in other words, the, the downtown master plan talks about it being between 20 and 45. The reason not to come up to 20 would be to accommodate some flexibility. And the downtown master plan talks about some of that flexibility, but then sort of almost rules it out by having that 20 units per acre. So in, again, this is an example, the block seven project that we've all looked at and kind of um, fell in love with the, with the central homes proposal there, the 26, unit development on 1.6 acres, that density was around uh, 19 units per acre or so. Um, So it was under that 20 units per acre. And I think some of the subsequent proposals we've had have have been even a little lower density than that. I think there was a proposal from uh, Shifsky that was going to be 24 units or um, uh, something of that nature. So we've seen some other proposals that look reasonable, look Still very high-density downtown-ish, but are more in that 12 to 20 range. And so we want to accommodate <clears throat> the flexibility in that M2 district. Again, if you go back to the master plan and look at some of the, the drawings they have, there's townhouses all over the place. They, they anticipated townhouse-style development in the downtown um, mixed with vertical development, right? So I think the intent, I mean, that's the term mixed use, right? Different kinds of uses. Um, the intent is to have a broad range there, and I think that's why our suggestion tonight is to go um, and make all these plans congruent at the M2 district being from 12 to 45.
3: Which means you have to change the downtown plan document, too? Correct. Which is simply you just change it. Yep. Period. Okay. Yep. And so
2: the only other point I want to make here is about the M1 and why not make the M1 that same flexibility? And the reason is that if you think about a three-story building um, and you had retail on the first floor, you don't get any density out of that, right? So all of a sudden, two stories is 30 is plenty because you don't. I think if you broaden that range out to 45 for the M1, because I think in your head you're going, well, shouldn't the M1 be more dense? It's closer to the middle. But really, 30 units per acre with required retail on the first floor is about the same as 45 three stories of residential, right? So it's about the same high end of density. Um, and Yeah, so, um, so that's kind of the long and the short of it. There's really no change to the M1 zoning <coughs> in the code. So the only code change would be to change the M2 to that broader range of 12 to 45. So if we wanna take one at a time, that would be the next item, mm-hmm. Mr. Chair.
1: Any questions uh, that you want to address on this before we close public hearing? Um,
3: I'm trying to decide if I want to speak as a PZ and z person or as a public hearing person, which is my dilemma. I'll speak as a public person instead. Okay. Take off your <coughs> p hat. Linda Broussard, 6756 Centerville Road. Um, I see the reasoning behind what is all here because we, it, there were some errors made and, and we need to fix them, I mean, to make everything match. The, what I find very funny as a citizen is that we put in our ordinance that we were supposed to follow a document that doesn't even require any kind of approval whatsoever other than the council saying, "Here, change it." Just like we're saying we're talking about right now, we're going willy-nilly from 12 to, you know, we're 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 moving numbers without even having to have any inputs. So I find it odd that we have a legal document saying we should follow something that isn't a legal document. So we have Another opportunity and we can say that we want to look at a different downtown plan. From my personal perspective, that's 18 years old. It was done in a different place in time. The economy was different. Some of our goals were different. The ability to reach some of those goals was different and I'm, I, I'm struggling from my P and Z side to say, I don't, I'm in favor of correcting things, but I'm not sure that I feel like what we're correcting is the thing that needs to be corrected until we would make a decision as a city as to whether or not that downtown plan is still viable and or desirable. Um, and so for me, I see other areas in the city that we could get that density um, that it wouldn't have to be in the downtown area and change that kind of density is going to change the look and function of our little small town look which is one of the things people keep saying over and over is that we <coughs> want to keep the small town feel so I'm, I'm struggling a lot with continuing to follow something that i feel like hasn't been revisited in a while so far we've had 18 years of struggle trying to get there and we've had many a plan come and go and nothing has quite panned out the way um, we would have hoped within that plan. So I-, I would like to see this process reversed and say let's look and see if we can make downtown plan, match what our code and comp plan says and still accomplish I still have a plan, maybe just not the exact same one that is current. I think I said that the right way. Okay.
7: So, Linda, as long as you're there, um, <clears throat> part of that, I understand what you're saying, but in my mind, what we're doing here is we're correcting these discrepancies so that they're all the same throughout the documents. And then the next step is, if we want to make changes to the... Downtown plan. That's a separate process that happens after this.
3: Yeah, I, well, I guess I would. What I would do is I would amend the. I would remove the language that says that we have to follow the downtown plan that isn't a legal document. I would take that. The purpose of this is to follow that non legal document. I would <coughs> take that language out of it, which then makes everything. Be okay as it's written. I, I I don't like the idea of us making changes to a, to our legal things that follow something that could be changed next week. I mean, council could at any point in time make a downtown plan change and not have. Th- there's no requirements. Technically, uh, you know. I mean, I think that I don't think that that's their intent. I believe they would want to have public input and all of that sort of stuff, but we are in the position right now of that's what can happen, because we've put that language in that says the purpose of this is to follow that, and that isn't even a controlled plan, I guess. You, a, a, a different kind of council could walk in and say we want it to look, we want it all steel and glass really i mean that they could do that and then you'd have our ordinance saying we need to make everything steel and glass that's it's backwards to me so that's what i'm struggling with so but i being the order person who said i thought things should be a b c and d I do believe things need to be congruent and they should be fixed. I just would fix it in a different manner than redoing all of our legal documents.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Linda.
3: Now, that's not, okay, I'll ask Margaret, but that's not a legal conflict of interest. You're a citizen, you can comment. I mean, in terms of voting. I, I don't see... I mean, everybody's got their opinion. Yep. So the, I guess and I I'm, won't pretend that, to play a lawyer, but essentially,
2: there, there's no financial, uh, direct financial no. pain for you. You can Either abstain if you want to. Or okay, all right.
3: That's what I was struggling with. On.
2: I, I don't see any reason for you to. Uh, Mr. Chair, if I could respond <laughs> to the resident. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, a couple of things. I appreciate what, what Linda is saying about the Sort the lack of official control over the downtown master plan, in the sense that there's no public hearing required. Um, I think the fact that um, that it is in the city zoning code does give it a little bit of a um, a little bit more. You know, it would be it would be, diff- it would be difficult for the council with a straight face to change that document significantly without having some public input, right? I mean, I, I think. As you mentioned, nothing necessarily legal that requires them to, but certainly I, I don't think they're wanting to do that without some public input. And here in this case, we're, we would be willing to change it because we're having a public hearing for the other two items that are in concert with it. The other thing I would say is that if you were to strike this number one here and just say the purposes to provide mixed use, you know, it would be some generic statement like we have in the other districts, you would need to really <coughs> beef up this ordinance because there ain't nothing to it. Yeah. <laughs> it mm-hmm. says... And and quite quite frankly, it says two things, which I don't even know why it says it, because these are things that are stated in the document. And the reason we're here tonight is because we stated them twice, and of course we didn't state them the same way, which is the cardinal rule of writing rules is you don't write them twice. You only write them one place, one time, so you don't contradict yourself. So if we were to strike number one and say we don't want a redevelopment plan to dictate our zoning code, Well, we would essentially then take the redevelopment plan and stick it into the zoning code piece by piece, right? Which would be, um, you know, not just laborious, but I think, uh, I'm not sure it accomplishes much more than having to then have a public hearing to change it. So I appreciate what Linda's saying, but I think you would end up with essentially the same product, the same end product, without, unless you were to go through and really dissect that master plan. And I, I want to clear up another thing, which is that, um, Linda said that the document is 18 years old, which it is, um, but she said it hasn't, hadn't been revisited. It has been um, revisited well. recently. It was it was readopted in 2020 um, in in terms of we, we looked at it again. We looked at a few things, made some tweaks, and readopted it. So I, I still believe it's um, a relevant plan. I think the council, by readopting it, reconfirmed that. It's not to say that the council isn't interested in Looking at it again, I I think it's always been a living document, and I think that the the council certainly intends to um, revisit it at the retreat um, That we're planning for February as part of a larger discussion about population 5,000 and just in general You know we're about halfway through the cycle of comp plans, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 2008 or 18 is when we kind of redid this first one, even though it's called the 2020 plan. Were
3: there public hearings?
2: Yeah, of course. Then, Much, when, many, many, with yeah. the
3: re-adapted, yeah, on the oh, readapted. Oh, oh, on the re-adapted? Uh, yeah, uh, not not no. the initial. In other words, when it was re-adopted, the downtown the, plan. No, yeah. I, I don't know. Were there, there any more oh. public hearings at that time?
2: Not, no, nothing official. I okay. Don't think. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think to say it wasn't re- hasn't been revisited is a bit of a misnomer. Yeah,
3: I I probably meant. I didn't recall any other public hearings since the original ones is when I said that. So I think if I if
2: I could guess why these two things are pulled out of the downtown master plan and restated is because of the most important parts of it, right? Is the, and they're the most sort of nuts and bolts <clears throat> things that we want to make sure, you know, sort of the French architecture, you know, sort of the more soft-sided language in that thing. Mm-hmm maybe it doesn't fit well into a zoning ordinance and isn't necessarily as important to us as the density and what is on that first floor, right? And so um, I think that's why they were pulled out and put into the code. And so back to your point about, can we re- redo the downtown master plan? Yes, but we can't redo the really basic tenets of it, which is the density and what's on the first floor without coming to a rezoning, yeah. without a rezoning, yeah. or a change to no, the, the zoning code yeah. of the public
3: hearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And maybe that's maybe that's a, a middle ground to Linda's thoughts is that at some point here in the future we go through that downtown master plan and pull out a couple more bullet points and, and put those in the code as well. Um, to well, solidify either that those parts. or but,
3: acknowledge that there's maybe other places in town besides downtown. But my recollection is that the primary reason the density was looked for was to attain the the 5000 population that, that 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 was the goal and that was where we saw it could happen but we have we have another high density um, zoning um, on the back side of us on the 20th um, I n- I understand the reasoning behind it. I'm not sure that developing the downtown gets you to where you want to be, anyhow, and maybe putting it in other places will get you there just as fast. That, but that's it. again, that's just questioning where we are in the plan, and not. I'm torn. I want to vote to make things match. Right. Yeah. I just don't like the way they're going to match. I guess, maybe that's what, but I'm done. Okay, thank you.
1: <laughs> Any other questions or comments?
2: I'll, I'll, I can't hesitate to, I got one more comment. <laughs> and that is that I think 5,000 is a goal. I don't know if that was the goal or mm-hmm. the reason to put density downtown. I think the, if the overriding reason, the maybe more important reason was to drive retail, Right, was to in order to if there's if the downtown division sees retail as a part of it, it has to have density. We've been told a hundred times, if we've been told once by realtors, by investors, by developers, and landowners that retail will not come without density. And um, I think the loci study that we that the EDA recently commissioned reaffirmed that. Um, you know, again, we've been we've been told many, many times that that's Planning 101 is you have to have density in order to attract retail. It's traffic counts and it's density. And with with density comes traffic counts too, right? So that I think is the more important reason you would want density in the downtown is if you want to see retail in your downtown, you need density. Is
1: there a motion to close uh, public Mr. hearing? Mr. Chair, if yeah. I might,
10: yeah. i just throw out a comment mm-hmm. out there, and, and I think Linda... Yeah. You brought up a really, really, really good point here. And we're referencing, and I had never thought of this before, and I want to say thank you for bringing this up, but we're referencing a document we call the Master Plan that's never been voted on by anybody. It's a document created by a consultant that we never really voted on. And I think that is a really good point. And the only thing that... (laughs) <laughs> that I would say that kind of catches my if we go back to that market, I should have. It is the language intended? Because in that, in the language there that you had up there, it says intended to follow the master plan. And I think that's, that to me it differentiates. Say it has to. Right. And I think that kind of differentiates it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a very valid point. We're pointing our official. Ordinances to a document that was never voted on by anybody really the um, approval voted uh, on approval adapt, for the study
2: re- But no, but right? I, I would disagree with that Russ. I, The council approved that document um, And reapproved it just a few years ago. So the council has voted it as their master plan it was certainly created by a consultant, but so was our comp plan Right, but how does
10: that? And again, I don't want to play lawyer, but how does that make it official? Yeah,
2: I don't know that it does make it an official document. It, it but it, to say it was never voted on by anybody, that I think that's a misnomer. I think the council adopt the council. I'm sure gave at the time, gave feedback to the consultant, said change this, change that. Mm-hmm. We want to see this or that changed, mm-hmm. and then it was voted on at some point as yes, this is what we all agree to that this is our master plan. Um, I, I I can't imagine that that. I mean, I know that. And the the readoption of it on the cover we wrote, <laughs> re-adopted by the city council, not not by a council. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about this in our in our our
10: um, um, what do we call our Saturday morning meeting uh, yeah, retreat. retreat. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I just want to thank you, for Can it I up.
3: make one more call? Oh. Okay. I think Mark's right about that retail people wanted retail, we want restaurants. But 18 years ago, we didn't have what we have across the freeway right now in our backyard. Um, in addition to that, people like to say I want retail, but what is the cost? Are you willing to support tax and increment financing to get that retail? Is that really how much you want retail, or is that just you saying, yeah, I'd like to have a new restaurant in town. My feeling is, is that if you put it to most people right now and said the cost of that is us helping a large project go through with, with the tax increment financing, I'm not sure you'd find that same amount of people saying they want still want retail. And again, it was done when we had almost none around us. And and that's the piece of things that has changed. So that's, thank you.
1: Are we ready to make a motion to close (coughs) the public hearing? I'll make
7: that motion.
3: Second.
1: All in favor of that say aye. 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 Opposed, that carries. And are we ready to make a motion? Uh, The recommended action is Motion to recommend approval of the changes to the M1, M2 zoning code. That's, uh, is there a motion to that? Um, Mr. Chair,
7: let me ask you something. Can I make a motion to that, but then also add that I, is there a need for us to take a look at that, at the master plan again? And do we want to tie those two things together as a recommendation?
2: That's your prerogative. (coughs) Uh, I think it's certainly... Relooking
7: at that master plan is a huge undertaking. And so the question then becomes, do we really want to spend the time? And the reason I'm wording it this way is because I'm not sure it's our decision. I -hmm. think it's... Mm
3: -hmm.
7: Their decision?
3: Can I ask one more question? The comp plan amendment, that's... How costly is that? Is there, is there a cost to it? Uh, the one we're doing right now? Yes. I mean, a few hundred dollars for publication. Okay, so there's not further cost to us try amending the document through um, the Metropolitan Commission. They don't charge you for making them or anything. Okay, all right, thank you.
7: Mm-hmm. So okay, what are, so what what I'd like to say is I... Um, recommend approval of the changes to the M1, M2 zoning code, <coughs> and ask city council to consider... Um, revisiting? Revisiting the, master, the city master plan. Downtown master plan. Downtown master plan, yeah. yes. And then it's simply the city council can say, yes, we want to amend this zone one M1 and M2, and yes, we're going to do this, or nope, we're not going to bother look at... the, the Master plan at this time.
6: Now, is this something that we we could do separate as far as like like re looking at or revisiting the downtown master plan and seeing how we want the city to move forward?
2: Mr. Chair, just uh, as a matter of order, I'd I'd like to see a second before we have more discussion. I'll second
3: that
6: for discussion. Mm
2: Okay. DJ, you were asking.
6: Oh, I was asking aside from this point forward to like the city council, <coughs> is there still a time or a place that we can revisit the downtown master plan itself? Yeah, I, I think, I think that's what
2: Bruce is trying to drive at here is that, um, I think he, if I may try to put words in your mouth, uh, he's saying, let's get this congruency taken care of now, but let's also then revisit the premise of the downtown master plan and, and see where that goes. Um, I think that's a fair fair way to approach it i think the congruency is important because we have a proposal on either end of this and without it one of these three documents is going to be wrong in each in each case right so the apartment proposal the code isn't going to support it and Mm -hmm. uh the the um, townhome proposal on block seven isn't supported by the downtown master plan so we've got a problem there and Uh, you know, I I think we need to have them agree so that we can move the two projects forward.
7: So Russ, kind of my intent, and if you want to take a note and pass this on to your colleagues is, um, there are people on the Planning and Zoning Commission that think it's time to relook at that downtown master plan. Um, but the question is, does the city council agree and want to spend the time and the resources it'll take to revisit this? Or are they, we like it just the way it is. We told you two years ago, three years ago we liked it. And so that that's kind of my intent, if that helps.
10: Yeah, Mr. Chair, if you don't mind. I, I think that's a really good point. And um, I think it probably everything needs to be cleaned up a little bit. And I think we did look at this uh, master plan uh, not last year, the year before, or it might have been Mayor Parr's last uh, meeting or, or a retreat that we did, too, and whether this is still a viable. But it needs to be cleaned up and looked at and talked about, and I think that's a, that's a really good point. And uh, I think once we get this set tonight, then we can go back and look at it. But like it was brought up, that's there's a lot of time <laughs> pouring and digging through that thing. And and if um, we need to do that, I think then it would come back here again, too, to start digging through that. And I don't know. It's maybe something that we have a, a, a joint... Gathering with council and planning and zoning or something too. So um, the more input, the better on all of this. So good comments.
6: Was well, the last time you did a joint one? Was that before COVID? Oh, a long time. Yeah. I can't
10: yeah. remember
3: how long it's been.
10: Did you guys you appreciate those? I, DJ, you would have been around have been. Linda for sure. You've been involved a few, in a few.
6: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's better when you get more of us in a room together <clears throat> to bounce ideas. I agree thank you
1: mr. chair okay we do have a motion and a second are we ready to vote Mm -hmm. all in favor of the motion to approve the changes to the m1 m2 zoning code and ask the city council to consider revisiting the downtown master plan all in favor of that say aye aye Aye. opposed and that carries (coughs) and then we I uh, Declare the uh, public hearing on M1 and M2 zoning districts in the comprehensive uh, plan. Uh, in the comprehensive plan, uh, to be open, and did we have any comments on, from anyone on that? Mark.
2: Yeah, I, I, I did, we did not. Um, I think you know we've covered all the issues. Just just briefly, I'll just say um, that the difference here again is the comprehensive plan doesn't talk M1, M2. It just gives um, a number of different references to uh, the mixed use districts, plural. Um, And I'm just gonna try to get to it here so I can show you where where we were really looking at here. So this is an important table. Um, It's one of a few places that this is mentioned in the comp plan and the memo from staff outlines the various places that it's mentioned. And this would change the density throughout the conference plan, so it's all all the languages congruent. But this is kind of the key spot here. Is that um, let's see? That's the clean copy. I probably should go to the red line copy, otherwise it won't make much sense. So this table kind of lays out the remaining developable property. Um, Keep in mind this was done in 2018, so we had had some things that were have probably been developed at this point, but We only have 102 acres left to develop, and um, a good chunk of that is uh, a certain property in the south end of our city. (laughs) And um, when we talk about net acres, this is like net of wetlands and stuff, so this is high ground, developable acreage. So if you kind of do the math on on all this, this is what we're doing is to try to figure out how many total units are we going to put up going forward and this is what leads us to that conclusion that this will end up if we follow this we will end up over 5,000 people um, unfortunately there is no table that kind of says that but if you do some math you can get to that uh, so the change we're looking at here is just on the maximum end so we have a minimum uh, density range a maximum density range for each of these things um, and then we have uh, the minimum and maximum number of units that that produces, um, so if you just do this math, we have 13.75 acres at 25% yield. So what we're saying here in the downtown, the central business district, or the mixed-use district, is that all this area that's left to develop, quote unquote, isn't really Greenfield, it's it's redevelopment property. So we're really only saying that 25% of the downtown is gonna redevelop in in the high-density scenario, and so, uh, only 3.4 acres would redevelop at a minimum of 41 acres and a midpoint of rather than 72. The midpoint goes to 98. Um, actually, that's bad. That. <laughs> this is my fault because um, that really is, is the maximum. So, the max is 45, the mid is, that's, what is halfway between 45 and 12? We can do that math right now. 33? Uh, no. No. Two. 28 and a half. So the midpoint would be 28 and a half. Maybe I did this math right, we just got a marked run. 20 and a half times uh, 3.44 acres is 98. So that is correct. Okay. So this number, That's just eight. this 21 really should be 28 and a half. It's It's funny because this table doesn't have like the maximum, probably one more column here saying what the maximum density would be, right?
3: Um,
2: but this is the correct midpoint density of 98. So the math is right, that number 21 should just so change. 21 needs to be changed. it should be 28 and a half yeah.
3: That high density residential, that parcel on twentieth, is is that eight acres? Correct. Behind the. Yep. Okay. So and that's a, buildable? All that is buildable? No,
2: the parcel is more than eight acres. Okay. Parcels are more than eight acres. Okay. Eight acres is developable. Is
3: the developable? Okay. All right.
2: I mean, and that's that's even questionable because there's some easement and property right issues there, and it, it's it's a tough piece of property. That's one of my little goals here is to try to get some grand dollars to figure that out so that we can mm-hmm. better update this table if that's really 8 acres or more like 4 acres or if it's more like 10-12 acres. I don't is it know. behind the ring uh, line? Process? Yeah. It's
3: right behind. It's the northeast. It's Our northeast corner. It's kind of behind um,
2: this? Ready Landscaping and Horticulture Services yeah. area there. Mm. So It's tucked back there. It's hard it's to bigger, get to. There's really, there's really no... It's
3: bigger in the back than it is out at yeah. the, the... The road mm. is narrow and then it
2: and then yeah, the city owns some land adjacent to it, and it, <coughs> so it's it's kind of convoluted there. We, we really have, it's one area of the town we really have never studied very well, and so I'm, I've been working with the Raybines to try to see if we can't team up on a at least a wetland delineation and a survey to see.
6: Is this in the southeast part of town? Or? Yes. Yeah, i oh. my farm.
3: Okay, yes. the northeast road. To access it through the
2: Carpenter. Carpenter's house. They probably have to go through the turn or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, you center. can't see it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's just a little
3: piece of
2: the road. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry about this. The, the math is correct. 98 is the correct midpoint math, which leads us to a total of 673 new units that we would build at full build out to a um, mm. net density of 6.54. So, this 673, if you just do some quick math on that, this is how we get to 5,000 people, um, so 673 times 2.7 people per household is 1,800 people plus the 4,000 we have leads you to 5,800 people or so, right? Now if you do that same math on the minimum, 355 times 2.7, you get 958 people, and we're at about 4,000 right now, right, so ooh, it's close, right, we'd be 50 people short of 5,000 people. so. If we if we don't make the minimum, we're not gonna get to five thousand. But as you can see, it's not infeasible for us to get to five thousand just by sticking around
6: the midpoint of this. Does this number include that parcel that nineteen
3: acres then as well? Correct. Okay.
5: Sharper stone. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah.
3: That was that's considered medium, right? Um, was it medium? I mm, offhand I don't know. Twenty what was it?
2: 24 on 19 acres? Yeah, but the 19 acres is not a net. That, no, it's, it's not. It's only about a yeah,
6: net no. 12 acres or something, mm-hmm. so. Now here's a good question for you. When you have and you come up with this number of 5,000 people, does that include renters? Or is it just people that own stuff? Uh, that's, well, that's everybody
2: that's that lives in head town, head yep. Resident. Yep. yeah. How oh, long yeah. has that state, state
3: been available? I mean, has it always existed and what are the chances it It's been a, it a long time. Stop?
2: It, it's it, The reason it's not going to stop is it, it's because it would take a constitutional, it's in the Constitution. Okay. In the state constitution. Okay. So it's constitutionally delegated m- money. The only threat to it is the move to electric cars because it's a gas tax. Um, so there's um, the so funding for it that comes out of the gas tax. Gas. There's no risk of them changing that. I, I really what? don't think so. I mean, what you're seeing, I mean... It, I shouldn't say there's no risk. There's always a risk, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you need, a, you know, a constitutional amendment doesn't happen with fifty-one percent of the vote, right? You got no. two-thirds of the Congress, so. Uh, but the risk, like I say, is is the battle over how it's going to be funded. If it's because the gas tax, you cannot use it for anything but, money, right? But once with, the gas tax? There, would
3: get depleted.
2: And, and, it, and so there has to be though a, a funding of that because it's just too big a number to not fund. It's just our roads would fall apart, you know. Mm-hmm. So and it's it's a very politically popular thing to do is to keep road funding separate from other things, right? Mm-hmm. So I as, as In terms of anything else political I think it's the least risky that that's going to go away What we have seen is that there has been a little bit of a movement We did get a legislation passed this last time to um, give some funding to smaller cities mm-hmm. um, So at just and I'm just talking in very general terms here mm-hmm. If you get to 5000 you get about $300,000 a year. You get about 150000 in maintenance money and 150000 in what they call needs money, which you set aside for the reconstruction of roads mm-hmm. and, and bringing them up to code. So roughly speaking, it's a $300,000 annual contribution to your fund, Big which is about 10% of our total budget right now. Right? Mm-hmm. What we're probably going to get from the um, legislation that we did for small cities is somewhere south of 50000 so probably in the $40,000 range is what we're thinking. So it's a much lower number. Um, and that's at the high end of that one, right? You know, Even the people with 4,999 people are probably gonna get less than 50,000.
3: I, I think that's part of the education process that I think I, m- most people don't understand. So if you say, we wanted to get to 5,000, well, what, what is that? Okay, in real money, it's three hundred thousand dollars, so we would get this three hundred thousand dollars, but in return, we might have to do something different to help the development get here. They don't, people. I don't think in general understand that money trail, that the, the capacity and the reason you want it, and what you might have to pay to get it, because maybe it's not exactly free. And and that I think more people need to. Kind of see where where the drive is to get there. They don't. It really you know. comes out
6: of how much money do you spend to get an additional three
3: hundred. Yes, yes, that really is the the bottom line. I think that, um, yeah. is and how much with, how much does it cost you to get it with that additional thousand people? How much more damage does occur to your city to have to rebuild that kind of area? Mm. Well, I you know if 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 having retail is important yeah. and having a small town feel is important and having 300,000 extra is important, then you have to sort of start figuring out what's the most important to you. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah. And I know we're, we're getting a little side yeah, on are, our, our thing, are. but what I, would, um, what I would say is, remember the math I just did, which yeah. is that if you stuck to the minimum, you get 50 people short. Is your small town feel 50 different? <laughs> is the Good. difference of 50 people? 50 people. I, I just don't know, right? I,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Even at the minimum density, we're talking, so if you just stuck to townhomes everywhere in the downtown,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you're still going to get pretty doggone close, and do you really want to end up 50 people short?
3: Mm-hmm. That that would be my... Just some population incentive. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Are> <laughs> we this requires the supermajority vote, though, right? The Comp. Ed amendment requires, so that would be three of four currently. Three of four currently. Okay.
1: Are we ready to have a motion to close public hearing? So moved. Second. All in favor of closing public hearing, say aye. 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 Opposed? And the recommended action is to recommend approval of the comprehensive master, uh, comprehensive plan amendment related to the M1, M2 density requirements. Is there a motion to that? So moved. Second. All in favor of that, say aye. 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 Opposed? And that carries. So that takes care of our public hearings. It does. Mm -hmm. And then we have one item in new business yet, and that's the downtown master plan revision. Correct.
2: And um, can you introduce that? Yeah, Mr. Chair. um, Again, this is the third leg of the three-legged stool that we're basing our our planning of the city on. (coughs) And um, although it's not, maybe uh, as official of a document as the other two things we've revisited tonight, I do think it's still an important leg of the stool and what we want to have is it be congruent with the other documents. And so what we're suggesting here is that in the downtown neighborhood areas, um, which we, so the, the little M2 zoning thing there, that, that's editorializing. <laughs> that that doesn't actually appear in the document. We, we added that in there. And that's just a. otherwise it gets hard to follow what's what. Um, so as you can see, it, it was 12 to 45 suggested here, or t- excuse me, 12 to 45 was the original language. Ah, did I just say that again? 20 to 45, 20 to 45 uh, was the original language, and we're suggesting we lower that or broaden it, I will say, to accommodate those um, those things. In fact, uh, yeah, shoot, I wish I, I should have thought I hadn't brought up the map that is embedded in this thing because the map shows so very clearly visually that there are townhomes all over the M2 district or all over the neighborhood district. And the, the plan should have probably figured that out, that those, those densities were not 20 per acre. Those were probably closer to 12 um, or in, in the 15 maybe range. Uh, so we, we just think that, you know, 12 is still plenty dense. Nobody's going to look at you and say, well, this is just like single family home. 12 per acre is plenty dense. You can imagine, again, we got 1.6 acres downtown, so do the math there, you, you're going to have to have 16 18 units. If you look at that little postage stamp we got down there, 16 to 18 units is plenty dense on there. Um, so I don't think anyone's going to look at us and say we're not doing the, the downtown plan any disservice by lowering it to 12. I think it's still very much high density um, downtown core development. So. That's essentially the only change that we're looking at in, the,
3: in this plan. On page 23, you have some yellow highlighted under the M1. We, we, all uh, I mean, was, on what, we, yeah. what we're looking at, but that's not it. All, all we uh, wanted to point
2: out is that the M1 <coughs> is congruent. Mm-hmm. So we just wanted to make sure that you okay. understood. We do have this part of the M1 that says 12 to 30, and we still believe that that
3: is um, appropriate. We could correct the word minimum. We will. Oh, <laughs> minimum,
2: yeah.
1: Minimum, yeah. minimum. That's how to use. uh, we'll it's used.
2: It's like a new minimum. minimum. We'll take care of that, clerk. L-U-minimum.
1: Yeah. Okay. 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 The is there any discussion on that? We the recommended action is to recommend approval of the downtown master plan amendment related to the mixed use quarter. Neighborhood density requirements. there a motion to that? I'll make a motion. Second. All in favor of that, say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. That carries. And that uh, concludes our new business. Um, we have minutes from September 5, 2023, Planning and Zoning Commission. Uh, are there, is there a motion to approve those minutes?
3: So
7: moved.
1: Is that supported? I'll second that. And discussion, all in favor of that, say aye. 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 Opposed? And those minutes are approved. Um, then we have, uh, opportunity for Russ
10: yeah, um, we had um, a pretty quiet um, council meeting uh, at the end of September. And so nothing really to report there other than um, we did uh, um, announce the opening to replace Council Member King's um, <coughs> council seat. So. I'm not sure where we're at with that, Mark. Yeah,
2: we have five applications so far, so we've got a, a nice mm-hmm. of candidate so far, and still open till October 20th. Uh, we're still yep. taking applications for <coughs> 10 days. So
10: So that's really about the only thing I had. We have a fire steering committee meeting. Tomorrow night's council night. Thursday night, i got to keep it straight, so three nights in a row. It doesn't <laughs> happen real often, but it's a bugger when there are three nights in a row. But um, that'll be Thursday night, fire steering. Uh, committee meeting, and I got to believe, Mark, we're on got some news to report on a fire truck. I would think,
2: yeah, we've got some interesting things happening <coughs> with fire trucks. We, I think, we've got a line on a new one actually um, at a very reasonable price, and so um, we're kind of part of the discussion will be whether or not we keep going for a used one and um, continue on that okay. path. But so,
10: if anybody's interested in that, and that's really about all I have, so council meeting tomorrow night we'll and fire steering
2: uh, Thursday night. Regular old fire engine. Oh, really? Yep. Is it a
6: bigger one than the one they have?
2: No, it'd be about comparable size. Yeah. Okay. Would they retire the yellow one? Uh, you know, <laughs> I I should know my engine numbers and which one will go. but uh, I think that's 11. I think, the, yeah. So we, no, have, we have four. 11. The department has four engines, mm-hmm. and uh, two of them are in need of replacement. And
3: Where do you all meet?
2: We meet uh, at Circle or? Pine City
10: Hall. Oh. Yep. Thank you.
2: Good question.
6: I learned something because we had our pack meeting next door, and they said that this one is obviously engine house three, yep. and that there is no such thing as a two anymore. Right, it used to be. Oh, I know, I know. I mm. know. How come they don't just renumber this one two? <laughs> yeah, I <sure laughs> will well, buy all
2: the signs. We got to reprint stuff. Why, why is it um, engine number eleven? We only have four engines. <laughs> 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 It's fire folks, they got their, their, their lingo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't mess with the fire Go. station lingo. No. No, no, no.
10: You get in that groove, you stay right there. Yeah. That's all I got, Mr. Chair. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Russ. And we have administrative reports from tw- uh, September 27 and October 11.
2: We have this uh, young gentleman here that was at our, our meeting, uh, <coughs> attending and sitting right over there. And so, um, no, I, I snuck in two administrative reports uh, to your pack at this time. Now, I'll try to do that more often actually because you guys want to meet once a month and we put these out twice a month. I really, I found that, you know, sometimes content comes and goes pretty quickly and you guys don't get a chance to see it. I know you guys are probably all on the email list, but I'm going to try to do this more often. So I won't roll through two months or two uh, administrator's reports worth of material, but I'll just uh, kind of open it up to any questions anyone <coughs> has on any of the items in our report. Um, got a lot of exciting things going on around town. Um, Hopefully we're going to have a, um, a grand opening over at Amazon. It's invite only. Um, their security is kind of high. <laughs> Safety issues and all that kind of stuff. We can't just open it up to everybody. But um, hopefully the council at least is going to get a chance to go over there and see um, their operation. And um, we're hoping that there's going to be some uh, video coverage of that. And so we'll be able to a chance to watch a, a little... Either a North Metro TV one or maybe a, Amazon may be producing a little video we understand as well, so um, Hopefully we'll have a little bit of something to share with the public um, But they are fully up and running. Um, I don't know if they're at full capacity yet, but they're approaching full capacity They're about already. 50. I've been pulling over some of the drivers. Okay
5: I've been asking them because the drivers are complaining about the workers on the inside that they're moving way too slow because you don't know Amazon contracts out separately for their drivers, and there's like two or three different companies they use. Depending on which company they use, they might have the budget trucks or the Penske. Mm. I've been learning all this because I pull them over <laughs> <laughs> for speeding. For speeding and stuff. And one guy's like, "Yeah, we're at." The other, just a few weeks ago, they're at 30 yeah. percent, but they want to get up to closer to 100 percent by Christmas. Yeah, but they're fighting hard. It's staff. Staffing is one issue.
2: Yeah, and I've, I've you know on the good news side of things, um, I've seen, uh, an- just anecdotally, I- I've seen their trucks at all of our gas stations, and um, in- including the one in Lana Lakes on our side of the freeway, and so I'm hoping that um, you know all everyone gets a little share in that uh, revenue stream, and um, because they're independent contractors, they just get they go wherever they want to to get gas and to get their goodies and. Um, Hopefully that's a, a good thing for our, our businesses, not just the gas stations, but a stopping on the way home to get flowers for, for somebody or, um, you know, whether it's picking up uh, Asian food on the, on the way home or something like that. So, um, and so far I've, I've noticed too that the, the traffic is off peak. Um, you know, when I was, um, when I've left a little later than normal uh, at six o'clock, I'll see the Amazon trucks coming back Start. a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, starting around six o'clock and um, so yeah, hopefully. They, they
5: try to push them on, I think 9am. 10 a.m. 11. Yep. But they're based on how fast the inside's working. And then, because I get stuff delivered to learn at my house all the time, because I order Amazon all the time, but I'll ask the driver, like, did you come out of Centerville? And he will say yes, but on the 11 o'clock run, and yep. we're two hours behind because of the inside. Sure. But the, usually the 11 o'clock run, the guy told me those are the ones that are closer <coughs> to the hmm. radius around us. Hmm. The hmm. earlier ones that go at 9 are the further ones out.
6: Sure. I can honestly say I've never been stuck behind an Amazon truck mm-hmm. but I have been stuck behind Sutton <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah. Doing a, lot lot of trucks, a lot of business yeah. Yeah.
3: do we have to change in the November meeting? Um, I, I think it's election day <laughs> My, it we do not have it? an election in our precinct we don't so right. okay we don't have
1: to right. okay. okay we are ready for a motion to adjourn one question Mark you want to bring up
5: I emailed you and I guess I went to the council workshop, but an increase,
2: we'll get an increase for the commission meetings. Oh yeah, uh, the city council is, um, you know, did have a little workshop on whether or not to increase uh, the per diem, or not the per diem, the um, stipend that is given to committees and commissions. And um, the consensus, I would say, Russ, was a $25 increase was something we were going to throw around. Um, nothing official has been voted yet, but that's what we're looking at, is a $25 increase to our monthly stipend so.
1: I had a question on uh,
2: Block 3 there. That, sure. Uh, that withdrawal. Yeah, so the guys and dolls, unfortunately, withdrew from the purchase agreement mm-hmm. um, to mm-hmm. do something there. Um, they cited a, a few different things um, in their sort of exit interview, if you will. Um, one of them was just the stormwater requirements. I just don't think they were prepared for what it was going to take to meet the requirements of the stormwater. Uh, Something's beyond our control, and and before we all blame Rice Creek, it's not beyond it's not Rice Creek's rules either. As uh, much as I'd like to blame them, it's it's these are federal rules, and um, it's nothing much we can do about it. I just I just think they were under budgeted in in that category, um, and you know as the site played out and they were wrestling with that. I think in tandem what went with it is the idea that they couldn't build as big a building as they were thinking or at least they couldn't plan for that expansion of a building. Um, And that maybe influenced their overall business model. Um, And then they did note also that the power lines, that issue was a bit of a a sticking point and that um, they weren't really excited about that whole issue and having them there and in their way and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know what waiting each one of those issues took. I, I couldn't tell you. We didn't ask them to rate those, but I, I think obviously the financial part of it was the the bigger part. It just couldn't make the numbers work in terms of <coughs> affording all that stormwater uh, treatment stuff. So, um, we had another interested buyer. I, I'm not sure that we're gonna you know, we're getting very far with that one. Um, So we're we're kind of back to the drawing board. We don't have any immediate uh, interest in the property right now. So if anyone has anybody that's interested in it, and it's a half an acre, it's
3: that's M1, right?
2: It's M1. Yep. It's M1. um, So it does require a retailer office on the first floor. It does not require any residential component, although we are open to it on a second floor, or third floor, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But. You know the the site is small, and so the parking becomes a problem, right? The bigger the building, the more parking you need. It's a it's an animal that eats itself, right? The, mm-hmm. <laughs> in order to make the the economics work, you make the building bigger, but then the parking becomes a problem. So in smaller, you know, there's a a medium in there that should work. We would hope, but um, the only other thing that we're just exploring with it is that the EDA is looking at trying to find a spot for an incubator space. Um, and you might ask, what's an incubator space? And I would tell you that. We don't really exactly know what that is yet. The world is still figuring out what that looks like, but there's, it takes many forms. Essentially what it is is something that is maybe, um, for lack of a better term, a, a subsidized um, suite of business space, right, where people offices. that normally couldn't necessarily afford, you know, sort of startup businesses that couldn't normally afford traditional space in a mini mall or, or some other retail or office space maybe can fit into this, Um, building uh, on a sort of um, try-out basis, right? They've got a new business idea, they want to try it out. You get into here on a little bit of a short-term lease, and we let you um, do your thing in there, and then the idea is to incubate businesses that would then grow out of that and say, hey, this is a success, and let me go find a real permanent space, right? So, um, But that's complicated and risky and other people are doing it and so successfully and so the fantasy has been doing a lot of research on it um, went to an open house at Brooklyn Park
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, Where they have a, just recently opened one and it seems, uh, you know, a very positive experience for everybody there so far uh, There's one in Madison, Wisconsin. There's there's, there's, a, there's a number of them if you google incubator spaces, you'll see some examples, but um, It's it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not a very black-and-white thing. It's just sort of a more about a Philosophical concept uh, that is figuring out what it's gonna look like in the real world and, and we're excited to kind of be on the front of that and EDA is excited about
6: maybe trying to explore something like that, so
3: and It is sounds there, like those artist lofts are something. Yeah, you yeah, know,
6: sort of Yeah. Is there any interest in any other properties around town still?
2: We still get plenty of calls on, you know, folks that want to build apartments um, Folks that want to build townhomes, um, so there's still a lot of residential pressure here. Um, it's just that we haven't had anybody be able to put the numbers together on an apartment yet. It just hasn't penciled out for anybody yet.
3: The Sharpers still own that property?
2: They do, uh, the 19 acres mm-hmm. is adjacent to the one we talked about tonight. Okay. Yes, they do. Right. And I've, every six months I ask them and obviously they were they got a mailing for this one and so they came into my office yesterday and we talked through some of it.
6: And,
2: um, I try to encourage them to talk to this gentleman here that was here tonight and see if they can't work out a little something to you know maybe be, do something other than just remodel this house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's always more complicated than it wants to be I think. And so I don't know if it's going to happen. I think what'll what's going to happen here is that is we're going to play out the, what we just approved here tonight if the council goes forward with it and we're going to see whether or not this guy can actually get the building officials to <coughs> approve what they're going to do. And if they can, they'll probably move forward. If it's too much, they might be back to the drawing board and maybe that'll be for the better, I don't know. (laughs) but um, So yeah, I I get calls all the time from people looking to, you know, what do you got in town? They want to know what's available and unfortunately sometimes I have to tell them there's not much available. Um, and They're always looking for city-owned Property because they figure that's the easiest path. Yeah. You know, there's not a negotiation with the property owner; it's a little easier to um, deal with the city directly. But um, you know, we, we we I tell them what we have, and it's either not enough property or they explore it and flame out. You know, so. So, is the lawn property sold? And the lawn property, as I understand it, is now under contract. So there's a purchase agreement, and. Um, the party that's looking at developing it into an apartment building um, would uh, is going to go through their due diligence and go through the entitlement process. We, we anticipate an application for, um, for development here soon, and we'll see where that process leads. Um, we also understand that they're seeking um, a, a smaller amount of tax income and financing, and we're going to have that um, discussion with the council at some point here. Uh, It's more of a council decision, obviously, than a Planning and Zoning Commission decision. So the next council meeting, we're going to try to have a little TIF 101. It's been a few years since we've talked about it. There's some new council members that have probably never talked about it, um, and it's just a complicated topic. So we're going to do a little of that, and then two meetings from now, we'll um, hopefully hear from the developer with their proposal in more concrete numbers and and see if there's a deal that makes sense to everyone Is the Lawan
6: property zoned down, too? It is. That's the one I wish wasn't zoned that way. Rather not see a historic home be lost. Yeah, it is a nice home. There is there is that part of it. Yeah. Does the city have anything in their code or anything to kind of help save some of the historic properties? Um, or not really? Not really. Um,
2: the, the, ter- the term historic is a little loaded too, right? I mean, the, we, we did a study during the County Road 14 reconstruction Mm -hmm. to see if there were any things that were worthy of listing on the historic registry, and there was nothing that was identified as that historic that it should be protected. Um, That was a requirement of the federal funds that we got to do some of that, and nothing was identified, um, even though I think the general store, the Lamont general store store there.
3: I have a Fieldstone Foundation. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah. the story. So is Kelly's. Kelly's is the story. Yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. And is the general store the one that's across the street? Well, well, the general general store it is was. Cool. No, it was uh, like yeah. kitty corner on the other side. that's it open. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: So there was nothing identified that was, you know, quote-unquote historic to be saved. But no, I don't I don't know that we have anything in our code that really protects anything like that. That would
6: be a shame to lose, too, because there's another one that's up there, too. <clears throat> Probably some of the oldest homes in the center of it sure
3: thank you mark
6: you bet Mm -hmm.
1: can we have a motion to adjourn i'll make a motion to adjourn (laughs) there's support. and all in favor of that say aye aye Aye. opposed we are adjourned i'll even say aye to that